live from the Pathway Studios in Johnston proper. You are live from the path. From the path on live from the path.org on uh, balmy Monday evening. Are you trying to mock me? Is that how's, the deal? How's everybody doing? <laughs> Doesn't balmy mean like warm? Yeah, it's, it's warm somewhere. I got a sweatshirt on. It's not balmy. Through hey, the breeze. Here's what we got going on the show tonight. Uh, hey, for, thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, so I got some stories. All kinds of interesting stuff went on. Uh, Francis Chan's moving to Hong Kong. Of course, he is. Uh, that comedian that shows up on Facebook all the time, John Christ. Oh, Chris. Yeah. Is it Christ? Creeper. Yeah. Is he, uh, he's an honest creeper? He, no, he's a creeper. Ah, he's man. a straight creeper. Ah, uh, my girls are just quite disappointed. Yeah, he had to cancel all his uh, his his shows and stuff because, I mean, did you read the whole article, Dan? Yeah, I did. I mean, it's terrible. Yeah. It's terrible. He's the, a manipulative turd. Charisma or Christian? Yeah, yeah, yeah Cri- Charisma News or something. It was actually... A- well written, well it was. researched. Oh, wait a minute. I was impressed as I was reading it. Was, like, it, was it recent creepiness? Yeah. Uh, and long lasting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like decade. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, people knew about it. Or at least, I mean, like they had to have known about it. And I worked with a guy like that once. You give him the benefit of the doubt. Oh, he's a Christian comedian. He, he, com- comedian. He, you know, no, yep. I, I must have misinterpreted. Right. Uh, no. No. Nope. No. He was pretty, pretty clear about what he wanted. Yep. Uh, not good. Dang it. Uh, in other news, uh, James McDonald. You guys remember we talked about him, where they, he was he was a bully mm-hmm. and uh, manipulative and threatened to kill people and hire people to kill others uh, from the Harvest Bible Bible Church. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. So he uh, he issued a, <laughs> a letter uh, talking about his repentance and wants his future focused on preaching. <laughs> hey, I like it. <laughs> it's classic. Is you classic. Won't forgive me? Here's the deal. I can tell you. Uh, with there's there's like a two sentences in this letter from him, and like immediately you could be like, "Yep, never, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> never, never gonna do this." Uh, but no, that's that's what he wants to do. <laughs> Here's how this is gonna work. Yeah. You're gonna forgive me. I'm gonna <laughs> preach. You're gonna like it. You will sit there and take it. Yeah, something if, like that. <laughs> if not, I'm gonna call down the fire. That's right. You've had my repentance. Now you put it on and you sit and deal with it. Uh, put your stone back down. So anyway, this is this is the this is the Christian world rocking. Uh, we'll catch up with that. Also, I don't. I, I don't know if we'll get to this or not. But there was. Um, uh, oh no! For, what? This is where you introduce some kind of heady article that me and Boo ain't gonna understand. <laughs> oh, crap! That is kind that's of actually that. every time that's what happens. That is kind of what I it don't is. know. If we're gonna get to this thing, but it's about the <laughs> summation of the repentance of the justification gospel, <laughs> normally found in the Book of Enoch. It's a new Greek oh, alphabet. We, we really want to take a new age look at sanctification, and uh, I've got about seven scholars that want to talk about it. This is two weeks in a row. I've been straight up mocked. <laughs> Uh, it's because you make me feel dumb, and I got to defend myself. <laughs> okay, we'll see. But there was a, there's a on the, the Mere Orthodoxy blog. Uh, Jake Meter had a post on 15 proposals for church renewal. Oh, that I thought were that were interesting, uh, and that we could get some. I thought maybe we get some feedback on it and say, hey, do we recognize that as valuable in church renewal. Yeah, I suppose. Okay, we'll see what comes to it. Also. Um, uh, Mike, what did you have? You had something. I, I I just know. Here's what I've been experiencing over the last week. Is I've been, I, I so part of the youth group curriculum for this year is we, we're doing a character study on humanity. Like we've done a character study on on like some saints, and then we actually did Yahweh, 
uh, last year, and I thought, to round this out, let's do a character study of us, of humanity, and our interaction with Yahweh, you know? And and I was somewhat, I don't know, I don't know why I was worried about it. I thought, you know, because I, I have to write this stuff, and so I thought, I, how am I going to be able to, to read some biblical examples of humanity and, and, and how they tend to work and, and the sins they tend to gravitate for and the bigger, you know, the ones, the, the big overarching themes, and then and then have it apply to them, you know, in a way that makes sense to them. And like some of these stories, man, I just... Uh, I'm just embarrassed to be part of humanity. <laughs> and the one, the one I came across this week, it just, I, I straight up laughing, right? It's like when God is providing the manna from heaven. They're, they're mad about to, they're mad about to, the meat, first of all. And then God says, okay, I tell you what, I'm going to flood this place with meat. And then next morning, I'm going to give you the, to manna, you know, the stuff to, to make and, and make bread, whatever. And he sets out some simple rules. He goes, here's the deal. Basically, I'm going to give you enough for today. If you undergather it, I'm going to make it so you got enough. If you overgather it like a big jerk, I'm going to take it away. You're going to have the regular amount, right? No matter what you do, you're going to have what you're supposed to, except for the day before the Sabbath. I'm going to give you the double amount. Now listen, and there's like a, a weird biblical pause. He goes, now listen to me now. I am not going to put any out on the Sabbath. I'm not going to do it. And like the very next sentence in the, in the Bible is basically like, and dudes were out looking for manna the next day. <laughs> I'm like, I, now listen, if this, I don't even know why I searched the Bible, right? Like I could probably go verse by verse and find humanity Doing the exact opposite of what God just said to do. God sits Aaron and Moses down just, I mean, just prior to this and says, hey, listen, uh, or just after this and goes, listen, uh, uh, don't make any golden images of me. You know, I just, it's not how this thing's going to roll. And then Moses disappears for 40 days. The people freak out. Aaron's like, give me the gold. We're going to make something. <laughs> and I'm like, even after the manna story, right, where God said, look, I'm not going to provide manna on the Sabbath. I don't go out. I'm not going to put any out there. And the next day, some people come out looking for the manna. <laughs> and you go, he was just here. He just said this thing. I mean, not not a day ago. He said, "Look, I'm not going to put it out there." And here's the folks out there. Oh man, we don't have enough manna for today, though. I wonder if we put it out today. You know what, though that that is characteristic of God's people always. It is. I, I mean, like, let's say a church is having like a potluck dinner, and they announce it for six weeks in a row, and it's in the video announcements, and they send a flash email, and it's in the text group, and they have a personal carrier. Take it to each person. There's always 15 people who say, "I had no idea. I, had no I know this was even happening." What do you, what do you mean? There's no man on Saturday. I mean, this, yeah. I mean, I'm hungry. It's Sabbath. I, I I'm guess hungry. I'm bringing ruffles. Your poor planning has left me just to be the bag, the chip man. So I guess I'm bringing the chips. That's that. That's that's our problem. It's, it's been. I, I dream. I I I blame Old Testament Judaism what? for the fact that people don't come to potlucks today. I mean, it's it's. I, here's the thing. It's like I I thought I thought by doing this we could point out the 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 pitfalls and the and the traps that humanity falls into over and over and over again, right? Like, I mean, we're, we're barely going to get out of the Old Testament before this thing's done because it's just time after time after time of, look, we actually didn't trust Yahweh on the thing that he said he was going to do. We don't trust him that he's good. We don't trust him that he's going to do this thing. And frankly, if given the reins, we could drive this horse better. And so, like, if, if, if maybe they could catch a glimpse of uh, how humanity has done this over and over again. Everybody that was ever born before you thought the same thing. Bob, everybody thinks that they're going to drive the reins better. Yeah. Everybody thinks that God is not trustworthy in this thing, and they should probably take it over. Everybody thinks that God sets down rules that are unnecessary, and they're just going to circumvent them and do what they want. And everybody's been wrong. Everybody. And so up to this point, can there just be a little ding? Just like when we say, uh, the line of David, and you're supposed to hear a little bell that goes straight line to Jesus, right? <laughs> as, as you're as you're trained as a Christian to hear line of David and go Jesus line. That's what I want you to hear when you when when something starts to be. I wonder if I could take this on. There should be a little bell that goes Israelites. Not a good idea. It's not a good plan. 
anyway, the, it's it's straight comedy because it's still true and it still happens every day in every part of the world today, and just not such a ridiculous you know way that we can read in a, in a book, you know. But like everybody does the exact same thing, and it's almost comedic on how how you can plan for it and say like clockwork, it's going to happen. Now, Dan, have you had the experience of teaching something on a Sunday morning and then like within say. 12, 24 hours, I'm thinking a married couple here, but like somebody comes up and like starts talking to you about a problem that you very, I mean, addressed oh, yeah. that day. Oh, yeah. And they obviously had not taken any of it in. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Happens all the time. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing to me. Here, here's going to slightly off. Okay. But, but Sunday, probably one of the most direct, hard-hitting, in-your-face, slap-upside-the-head teachings I've ever had in my life, yeah. I mean, honestly. In a, in a particular section. And I hit it pretty hard for service. I mean, to the point that afterwards I thought, shoot, man, who the heck was that, right? I mean, yeah. it's just like, wow. And it was really funny. The next service, second second service, it, it, it I, I put notes so that I can do the same thing at both services and not, did I say that or whatever? Right. I completely, like, skipped an entire page of oh. notes that was that page. It was the hard hitting part. It was the hard, yeah. and, and like I didn't know it till I was like I was way past it, and I thought, wait a minute, how come I'm on number two? And I didn't <laughs> like where was number one? And you know, I, you know, I didn't like stop, and I, I just kept going. Yeah. And, and and the sad thing is, like half the people, like I told a few people, and they're like, oh, I didn't even notice, and like, oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> it been pretty obvious. Yeah, <laughs> that should have been the old sco- the like, soul scorcher. With number two. <laughs> <laughs> And number one, and was, number two was, is <laughs> yeah, the guy back running pro presenters, the one with his hands up, going, "Oh come on, I would have, that would have been embarrassing. No. I mean, nothing really matters, but uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Now, now I did kind of you know try to bridge it in, in in a way that that like Cheryl's even like, well, I thought it was kind of goofy, but. Yeah, you, you made it work. Right. Uh, yeah. Thanks for the encouragement, woman. Yeah. I made a big mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Next thing you know, you're going to give me a golden earring to make a cow. I know it. <laughs> Actually, it's, I've been guilty of this a lot, right? I'll find something that's super convicted me, and I'm like, oh, man, this is a life changer. I'll tell like five people, no one give two craps. They're like, uh, <laughs> They're whatever. Like, yeah, like, yeah, whatever, Mike. That it? sounds fine. Yeah. Okay. I mean, go ahead. <laughs> Spend more time alone in the Word if you want. I don't know. <laughs> What's... What's with all the hell, the hell and brimstone? Just leave me be. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Let's catch up with Francis Chen. Okay. So, okay, well, he was, he, well, I should have saved him for last. That's too late. Francis Chen's moving to Hong Kong to share the gospel. It says, plant churches among the ultra poor. Best-selling author and Bible teacher Francis Chen, Frankie, has revealed God is calling him to move to Hong Kong to bring relief, share the gospel, and plant churches among the ultra poor. Days after announcing he and his family are moving to Asia in February 2020 to become international missionaries, the Crazy Love author identified the exact destination, Hong Kong. Because nine years ago while we were in Hong Kong, Lisa and I both felt God was calling us to move there. He wrote an online update, uh, adding that they enjoyed their dependence on God in unfamiliar, uncomfortable places. Um, but at that time, the pastor said he felt God tell him were two things he had to do in the United States before he could go anywhere else. He wanted me to display a different picture of church and a different pic- picture of marriage family. In obedience to God's requirements, Chen said he penned two books, Letters to the Church and You and Me Forever, Marriage in Light of Eternity, and noted, I have tried to live those messages out, giving those around me an example of what I wrote about. Now, he did write in, in that book, Letters to the Church, he had talked about um, uh, spending time in Asia, 
going kind of place to place and feeling like um, like God was calling them there. And he noted here, it said, um, two months ago, Chan was in Myanmar traveling from hut to hut with a translator, sharing the gospel with people who had never heard about Jesus. He said the more he did it, the more he realized he wanted to do this for the remainder of my life. When I considered the need and opportunity, I knew I wanted to be based in Asia, he said. I also have an opportunity there to work with the ultra-poor, living off less than 50 cents a day, to bring relief, share the gospel, and plant churches among them. When I compare that opportunity to things I currently do in the States, the kingdom profit seems much greater overseas at this point in my life. He said he still plans to minister in the United States, but will be based in Asia for the next season of life. Our current plan is to move to Hong Kong in February. A lot can change between now and then, but we are heading this direction unless the Lord redirects us. I have no idea how long I will stay in Hong Kong. I had no idea I was going to live in San Francisco for nine years. We will just try to discern the spirits leading daily. Hmm. I'm telling you, I still like that guy. I just really like Francis Tan. Here's the thing. Uh, say what you will, but it's, it's genuine, right? The man's doing genuine work. It's all, pro- it's all kingdom profitable work. I, I noticed that. That was an interesting phrase. Yeah. King, kingdom profit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's all... It's all value to the kingdom. Like, I, I think he has not made a move in the last 10 years that someone doesn't have an opinion on. But I think the point is to say, like, if you, if you strip away what you personally think his opportunities are and say, did the man just say he was going to do something that by all stretch seems faithful to the Lord uh, and not focused on him? Yeah. Okay. Seems all right, too. How, how, how's his last few years, I mean, this ministry in San Francisco, how's that? I don't, haven't heard anything about um, he oh, has house church and house yeah, the, yeah the house church yeah, yeah so like, so how do they, is it the network of house churches I'm uh, sure yeah, he doesn't do like anything small I mean uh, no it was it was is a network of house churches it is still um, it is based in San Francisco so I think they had they expect that it will continue to grow beyond that but um, primarily it's still based in San Francisco it's grown to twenty five pastors um, although two of those guys are now uh, are going with him to to uh, to Asia but yeah so it went from him to what Aren't they the dudes that, uh, that did a lot of the sponsoring of the Bible Project while it was up and running? Yeah, yeah, that was a. Uh, they, they were the. He was him. I think him and, and and that organization were the um some of the money that was behind the Bible Project work, uh, to help really get like uh then bring on a bunch of staff and kind of move it along. Um, I actually I read an article from a guy that I'm um uh, connected with on LinkedIn, and he um he he is a house church, um planter i think if you want to think of it that way in the south and he went to san francisco and like went to one of those and said it was really good it was like super encouraging and like every basically it was genuine it was what it was what they said it was it wasn't more or less it wasn't less than that it wasn't more than that it was what they expected um i'm, I'm guessing that they would they would like to see it bigger but yeah yeah everyone were they able to make an impact in that culture at all i mean that's, that's a rough that's a rough culture yes that's all i'm saying you know it's like are they actually reaching people yeah or is yeah, it yeah. just a bunch of christians saying oh it's fancy i mean uh, you, know. you know it's hard to i suppose it's hard to say they um uh some of the some of the stories and there's some blog on the crazy love um site he's got some kind of stories about some of the house church stuff but yeah yeah it does seem like they are making progress in the culture um cool there's a lot of opportunities in Francisco. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, almost uh, honestly, a guy of his stature, I, I could see him wanting to go to Asia. Just, yeah, I want to go somewhere where they don't know. Yeah, I'm a nobody here. Yeah, I'm just a dude on the street talking to poor people. I have no, they've that's, never read my book. That's right. Let me just you let know. me do gospel work and yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, da, 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 da. let's see, what was I looking at? Hmm. Yeah. Okay. I think that's good. Anyway, uh, 
again, uh, based upon the, what we're going to read in the next two things, uh, I think we can. Thanks for Francis Chan. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> and we could pray for Francis Chan and the new thing that he's doing. That's whatever. right. It, sound, it sounds cool. Yeah, it does sound cool. Oh. Um, so wow. here we are. Next, uh, John. I, I, I don't know. if It's Christ. It's probably Christ. I hope it's not Christ. Popular Christian <laughs> comedian John Christ has canceled his latest tour due to reports that he engaged in multiple instances of sexual misconduct, including sexting, harassment, and affairs with married women. Um, so, Mike, are you familiar with this dude? No. So he's he's, he's um he gets shared a lot around Facebook. He's um he, he does a lot of um kind of playful mocking of church culture, potlucks, and uh, going out to dinner after Sunday, and uh, just all kinds of stuff. Okay. Um. So anyway, I've seen quite. I've never watched. I think a video um, of of any length but um i see uh, all kinds of people sharing but uh, anyway says uh taylor berglund of charisma news reported wednesday afternoon that chris exploited his christian reputation and platform to harass manipulate and exploit young women over the last seven years these allegations according to berglund including sexting multiple women having sexual relationships with women who are married and giving away tickets to his shows in return for sexual favors the testimonies of five women are mentioned in her report the women are not named but though an editor's note says that four of the five gave permission to use their names uh, in an email sent to Charisma News early this week, published in the story, Chris wrote, He was not guilty of everything I've been accused of, but he admitted to treating relationships with women far too casually, in some cases even recklessly. I don't, I don't mean anything to me. No. I'm sorry for the hurt and pain I've caused these women and will continue to seek their forgiveness. I've also hurt the name of Jesus and have sought his forgiveness. He went on to note that he has privately sought and received professional treatment for his issues with addiction and sexual sin, deciding to cancel his remaining tour dates for 2019 to focus on handling his problems. Those closest to me, my family, team, and close friends have known about this battle for some time, and now you do too. I now humbly seek forgiveness and mercy and love, not just for me, but for those I've hurt along my path. I'm so sorry. Mm. Over the past few years, he's become a popular comedian through his stand-up comedy, as well as through the skits he posted to his widely viewed YouTube channel um, in January. To, uh, nobody cares about that. Yeah, okay. Anyway, that's it. Um, so one of the stories in there was about um, he actually... Like somebody reached out to him, this young lady and her boyfriend, uh, and she was going to interview him for something. And uh, he agreed to the interview, and they kind of got along. And then he invited her back, just her, um, to go like rollerblading and like gave her a bunch of alcohol, and then just like kept texting her and like was obviously was propositioning her for uh, for like tried to kiss her a couple times and then kept you know like always text in the middle of the night to to like seven different ladies or whatever. And uh, it just looks, yeah, it's creepy. It's a straight-up creep fest. It, it amazes me, guys like this, that, that like, how would, how, I mean, the more famous you are, the more likely you are to be caught. Yeah. Like, if I do it and then, say, put it in the news, I'm like, I don't know who Dan yeah, Hudson is. I mean, whatever. Well, yeah, it's like. Dan Hudson's creepy. creepy guy, no okay. Like, people know him. Uh, but but it's, it's, it's a common thing. You see it with, you know, whether it's a television anchor or, a, I mean. There, there's something, there's something about like power. hubris just thinks that like actually I think that's the right point. There's something about power that gives you the impression that you're more powerful than you are. Yeah, like that you are able to control more things that you are. Like what kind of guy really believes that like like once you send a text message, like you can't be that dumb. You know that message is sitting on somebody's phone, some married lady's <laughs> yeah. phone, going, "Hey, yeah, wants want to give me a sexual favor?" <laughs> like, right? Come on, bro. <laughs> See this? You can have this. Yeah. I mean, no, no. No, no, I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't want it. That. I just don't. I don't. I just. I, I just find it utterly hard to believe 
that like you could I, I mean I don't know how long you could do this before none of this would ring any bells to you that like hey man like I'm I, it, it it's it's more difficult put it as a guy that's a pastor right like this guy is publicly announcing himself as a Christian he's you know he's doing Christian entertainment and so most of the people in the room are Christians and so like one you shouldn't have gotten away with any of this for any amount of time every lady you text or whatever should have been like whoa 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 what are you doing? You know, so now now we got two Christians involved in it, right? As soon as he as soon as he texts inappropriately a Christian woman in parentheses, and then she doesn't turn him in right now and be like, This guy is not following Jesus at all. Uh now we got two Christians sinning, and then and I'm not taking this off of him at all. I'm just saying, like, how could you have gotten away with this in a Christian community for so long? Right? Like no one went, Hey, Hey, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, you need help, buddy. You know, or like, hey, we got to work on this. Not, no, I'm not coming back after the interview without my boyfriend. That's ridiculous. No, yeah. I'm not doing that. Right? And so, like, it's just. Well, it says she was like starstruck, you know, a little bit. Or I don't know that the words it used. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, I mean, the super famous guy says, hey, come spend time with me. You're like, whoa, he really likes me. You know, I'm going to have another interview. Or Yes, give I, me all the earrings. I mean, maybe we can melt it down and make a cow, <laughs> right? No one saw this coming. Cow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, there's, I suppose that you know that the part of your own ego feeds into that a little bit. I suppose. I'm like, trying to I think get of to who be would like to if a they wanted who's... to hang out with life in the path, and we'd be like, okay, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. Yeah, you got the wrong place, friend. <laughs> <laughs> I, I yeah, I, I it's not to knock down anything that he did. It's deplorable. Like all of us, just horrible. Yeah, yeah. But but you'd figure it would have it would have surfaced out. If it's been going on for years, there's not one Christian in the whole mix. To like even the boyfriend saw the text and go, "Whoa, what are you doing, John?" <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. What kind of accountability are we running here? And there's some guys that just get away with stuff like this. That that like I, I can't get away with anything. Like, I'd be arrested within ten seconds. Yeah, I, I can't. T- I mean, I just can't do that stuff. When I, when I was first driving back a long time ago in Iowa, that map price or they used to uh, um, inspect cars. You could get a license. Yeah. And, and, and I always had, you know, I was a high school kid. I had crappy cars and single mom, that whole thing. And, and, and I always heard people could, like, bribe the guys, and, and they'd, they'd pass it. And, I, you know, I'd be like, uh, I don't know yeah. how I said it, but they're like, no. Oh, <laughs> I tried no. multiple times because <laughs> I had to, like, it was just, put, I, had, I finally put tin on my car because it was, like, rusted through, you know. And, and, and I was like, I'm just not that guy. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not the crooked guy. And some people, just, they're gifted at it. They just, yeah. they just, they just <laughs> know. How, how does a priest rape, you know, 100 kids? I mean, how, all, all this stuff that happens. You hear these stories. Like, how does that happen? How, how, do you, how does the, the first time, how does it happen? Yeah. Right? Like you said, they, they, didn't call, they didn't call him on it. And so he did it again. And he felt more powerful, more empowered, more empowered. Yep. He kept doing it. And, and I, don't, I don't see how they do it the first time. I just, no, and that, that that's come up like uh, it, it does. It defies it defies logic, but that's probably not the right reaction, right? Like that people don't like this was the basis of the Me Too stuff, right? Like, hey, I, I felt uh, that I, that by someone who was more powerful than me, uh, and I was intimidated, so I did X, Y. I felt I had to do X, Y, and Z. And we look at that and be like, I just why didn't you just say no, or why didn't you? But but like pretty consistently. Like this, this feeling of someone who has has a power over you, uh, perceived or otherwise, causes people to not not light a torch, man, yeah. to not throw up a red flag with of some sort of, of of a fear of a repercussion that is 
feels worse at the time. But on the grand scheme of things, like, you're better to light a dude up than you are to hang around in a situation of which this is, seems normal. You know, actually, so in their defense, now that I've thought through this a little bit, right? Like, if you're the person that levels an accusation against John Christ, then you are now in the limelight. That's right. For something that's embarrassing anyway, probably. You know, something that you didn't particularly want to talk about in front of 100,000 people. And so I get it. I get it. But maybe my, my broad brush was a little judgy. That's, I, I, I still think we... We got to figure out how to shut this down, right? Like we used to kick people out of the camp and ban them and cut them off from the people. Yahweh's like, look, man, if you're going to act like this, you're cut off from the people. You're out of here. We're not going to tolerate this. And we tolerate everything. We just tolerate all of it, right? And like once again, I think we've talked about this before too. Is like it's 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 God's grace and the death of Christ that have covered that sin, right? It's not for you to allow it. It's not your job to let it go just because Jesus said, "I will pay for it." Right, it's still ours to call out and say that's not allowed. Right, that is not how God designed us to live. And a following Christ, this is what it looks like. And so I'm not just going to sit you and let here let you do this just because Jesus will forgive you for it. Doesn't mean that we let it continue. Right, like we, it doesn't. We don't right. let sin increase. And so stuff like this, like it just it astounds me. Like I could see it with the kids. Maybe the kids are embarrassed and don't know what to say and whatever. But like we're talking about a grown comedian that is sexually inappropriate with grown women or teens at least you know that go hey christ follower what are you doing <laughs> you know like no one's got their ducks in a row or he's got more power than you're afraid of of yahweh that you wouldn't go whoa <laughs> you know like this is way out of bounds man so i i don't know i i find that frustrating but i also could see like you don't want to be the the discredited 17 year old that it, when he goes no i didn't do that and now you look like you know you're, I mean, you do have. A, I assume you've got a picture of his wang doodle on your phone. Well, I mean, I suppose wang if it's doodle. a straight wang doodle, wow. but I mean, you would have to have his face in it. <laughs> it could have been anybody's <laughs> wang doodle. So, I don't know how he pulled that up from his number. I mean, when it, when, yeah. when it comes to manipulators, uh, which I'm guessing that there is some semblance of that um, to this story, someone that is willing to uh, not care about the relationship that someone's in and want to pursue selfish actions sinful actions uh of their own desires um there there's definitely a semblance of 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 hubris there obviously but there's there's also a semblance of manipulation and someone that does that well enough knows exactly who they're they've got targets they know who to look for they know what wives to to target they know what types of person to look for you can tell um uh people of low self-esteem, people that are in certain circumstances, people that are susceptible to that kind of suggestion. Um, that's exactly, I would be willing to guess that's what he's doing, is he's finding the people that he can manipulate knowing that he has stature, he has a standing in that community. There's a lot of Christians that know him. There is a semblance of, oh, it's super cool that this person is contacting me. But there's also a semblance of, I'm lonely. And this person is giving me attention. I am in a bad place. I'm depressed. And this is something that I can attach my self-esteem to because I'm the woman or I'm the man or I'm the person that this person reached out to and is wanting to pursue an inappropriate, yes, but sexual relationship with. It's gratification and it's justification and it's, it's self-esteem for them. It's a fading and terrible way to get it, but it's there. And so... um. You know, it, it, it's completely sad, and it's it's a terrible way that that people with that kind of type can manipulate that th- those people, I should say, 
and take advantage of that. And I think that that's probably what's going on. You see that in a lot of of these cases where someone is uh, of stature and is accused of sexually harassing or soliciting these people and, and, and having inappropriate relationships with them. You see that kind of manipulation in a lot of these people. They're looking for exactly, they know exactly who they're looking for. And they're successful because they recognize the, the identity, the profile of their targets. And I hate to say it that calloused, but it's truthful. And it's, it's sad, but that's exactly what happens. Yeah. I mean, we're supposed to be to set apart people. That's all I'm saying. Like yeah, all that, absolutely. all the thing that you're saying is true in every demographic. But like God's people are supposed to be so far removed from this that it, it just you shouldn't be able to stand for that long. Like he should have been nailed as a manipulator ten years ago if that's what he's Agreed. doing. Right? Oh, absolutely. Like I, it, I, it's just uh, it's just frustrating. And it, I mean, it, once again, it doesn't take anything away from what he's done. He's he's made some very big mistakes and some and and he's gifted in a way that can be used for very good mm-hmm. things or very bad things. Yeah. Um, Absolutely, but at the end of the day, I'm I'm still just a little bit disappointed in the Christian community. Yeah, that we should be that we can't see. Uh, do we just let this stuff go because he's funny and like, hey, at least he's palatable to half the world? You know, he's at least he's not the dull Christian that that whatever smacks you with the ruler. He's at least somewhat cool and can and and live in the world and not be a an embarrassment. You know, so I guess we'll let this stuff go. Who's his manager? That that, that I think <laughs> that was that that was part of the implication of the article, which is. Um, take someone had to have known. Like I think to, to to something we were talking about earlier, and I think Dan had said like people know this stuff. Like it's not like it's not known. Um, the way that the article flows, like it sounds like he's been into. Like, he said like his family knows, yeah. his tour manager knows. But he, I mean, here's the thing. Like we just we're not willing to chop an arm off. Like no one's willing to say, look, you know what? I have this problem. I will not go on tour. Like what's what's it worth? What's your sin worth, man? Like what's your what's your willingness to harm people worth? Like if you know if you know that this is a problem of yours, uh, you're not gonna you're not gonna find me pointing a finger at a guy who says, hey, we have this problem. Everyone's got some kind of problem, but like your willingness to then subject other people to it in the service of what? People think you're funny, bringing money in. Like, go work at the Dunkin' Donuts. You can provide for your family or whoever there, and but- you could be a uh, you could be a stitch at the Dunkin' Donuts, man. Everybody yeah, they can come laugh at you. Cut them up over the over ten sprinkles and a, and a couple glazed. I don't care, but like, th- that's the thing is the trade off. We say this is the thing that I want to do in my human life. I'm willing to put these things at risk because of it, and they're and it's that's the problem. Like you should have we should be we should be surrounded by people who say you know what not going to work. Yeah, not going to work. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm going to spend my nights in comedy clubs uh, from ten to two. Telling jokes in front of drunk ladies. You know what, dude? Not going to work. Yeah, that's not the place for you. Sorry. Yeah. You want to you run a blog? You want to tell jokes on a blog from your desk chair where you can behave yourself until you've <laughs> rehabilitated? Yeah. Fine. Focus on your YouTube videos. Yeah, I don't care. I mean, but but it's like if you can't, if you you got to know what you, you got to know what your problems are. There's nothing about the Christian, the grace and mercy of a Christian life that says do whatever the hell you want. That is not the premise at all. Paul's pretty clear on that. And so you, you, we care about those things that otherwise put some level of protection for, um, between us and things that we will harm with our sin. You owe that. You owe that to your community to not act like a turd like that. And your community owes it to you to go, you know what? No. Hey, will you share my Facebook thing because I'm, I'm going to go out on a tour? Hell no, I won't. No. I will not do that because I don't support this at all. I, and I will not be part of uh, feeding into something that's going to be, you should not go. 
I'd step in front of your car if I didn't think you'd run me over. And, you know, I got to be honest with you. Like, that's the thing that, that especially this generation and maybe the one before it, like, they just take this so badly. Like, no one takes that well. Right? The, the, the chopping the arm off thing, I, it just it, it does not go over very well. And it seems like in previous generations that there was a little bit more bootstrapping and a little bit more, well, I, we got to do what we got to do. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter for if I want to do it or not. It is what has to get done. But, like, some parts of this... Like it, in trying to tell somebody that like they don't understand why they can't do the thing. They're like, look, if I could just overcome my propensity to say pick up married women and continue to be a comedian, uh, why should I have to give up the thing God has gifted me to do? I should just stop picking up married women. But you know, you're not going to do that, right? You're lying to yourself and to other people. But they seem like it, they they believe it's unfair that God has called them out of the thing that apparently they believe that God has gifted them for. And it only exists in this one sinful area. It's got to be done with one foot in the world and one foot following Christ. And they say there's no other way to do it. And so instead of giving up the thing, they're just like, I'll just be heavy-footed on the, on the Christ-following part and light-footed on the world part. And it ends up dragging them in. And then, they, and then they're way off bounds. Right, right. There's, there's certainly some guy somewhere who goes, God has gifted me to be an excellent pornographer. Right. I'm really good at this. I shoot the naked body with this camera like no one's business. Yeah, I'm really great. I'm like, no. Like this, like, and so take that extreme example and then dial it down ten notches, and it's still true. God has gifted me the ability to handle this sinful thing well. God has gifted me the ability to constantly be around a sinful temptation of mine of which I often succumb. Right. No. Maybe you can't be a bartender. Maybe you can't. Maybe you can. Maybe you can't. Right. right. Maybe that's just not something you can do. And it's and I think the core of it is to say, look, is this something I want or is this something that God wants? Like, am I willing to say, God, here's what I want to do. I want you to serve me in this thing and, and uh, support my desire to do X, Y, Z. Or is it someone who goes, look, uh, I feel like I've, you've given me something and I want to use it for you. You tell me how it is to be used. And if, it, and if one is me asking you to support the thing that glorifies me, uh, which I'm making gospel excuses for to subject me or someone else to sinful behavior, uh, then no, that's not, that's not right. And you know what? It, it takes, a, what, one faithful uh, brother of yours or sister of yours to go, nope, nope, you're lying to yourself. Yeah. You're lying to yourself. That's garbage. I mean, put it in, in a more common example, right? Like people are like, I have, a tr- I have problems when I go out of town without my spouse, but I have to do it for my job. No, you don't. Quit. Tell them you don't travel or tell them, you, or tell them you're going to get a new job. Quit. Ah, I can't quit. It's my job. It's not your job. You need to quit. You need to find another job. If you can't do it, then quit. Right. There's tons of other right. jobs that don't require that. That's, yeah. there's, and, and you're like, oh, but I should be able to do it. Doesn't matter. It's not working, is it? I mean, let's be honest with ourselves. You keep going out of town. You keep making terrible decisions. You drink the bar half under the table, and you, <laughs> you talk to a bunch of women you shouldn't. Stop going out of town. Quit your job. Find another job. I can't yeah. find a job that pays as well. Well, good. You're going to have to downsize your house then. But at least you're not cheating on your wife and acting like a fool. And, you know, that, that's, it's, not just, um, it's not just occupation either. Like, hey, you know, every time I go out with these friends of mine, buddies or whatever, uh, I end up doing X, Y, Z. Look, you're going to stop going out with them. Yeah. Yes, but I love them. They're my friends. Great. They can be your friends from a distance, not at that place, not going to this type of event. Yeah, you can like the, the, there's there is no oh, but they are this. That's why it justifies me exposing myself to things uh, that obviously are sinful that contribute to a negativity both in my life and somebody else's. Correct. Like, it's it, it's it's not going to work. Whatever justification you have, the reason you came up with the justification is because you know better. And so like there've been, there've been things that I had to cut out of my life. Like to be honest, so we used to be Mike and I both used to play in bars. Like we were uh, we were in a in a blues band. I played in bars. And like, here's the deal. I, I'm a lame. I'm lame. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't. I, I, I I'm rude to ladies who show any interest in me because I don't want them talking to me. Like it's, 
It's very awkward. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's not a, it wasn't a super risky joint for me because I'm not those aren't my risks. Mm. Um, but the truth was, it wasn't a great environment. And the one thing it always risked was, hey, I'm not going to get home till two thirty in the morning. Is it possible that I'm not going to make it to church in the morning? Now that I, I don't recall that that ever happened, but like it, the older I got, the harder it was, and I'm like, I, this is not worth it. I'd rather be home with my kids on a Saturday night, and I'd rather make sure that uh, there's no way that I'm going to miss not going to church on Sunday, not because of Pharisee, because I love it. I like to be there, <laughs> and I like my people, and I'm going to be there. And so, like, it just kind of fade away. We just kind of stop doing it. Uh, I'm not against it. You can still do it, but, like, you just got to know where your stuff is and say, look, this is what's important to me, and I'm willing to make changes to show what's important. And, like, trying to trying to live in both worlds for your job or for the type of people you hang out with, like, it just can't. It can't work that way. That is, it's it's not worth it. Whatever trade off you think you're making, like you're making a sweet edge for the gospel, you're not. Yeah. Well, I mean, look and look how harsh people will be. Like, hey, look, if your eye offends you, cast it out, get rid of it. You know. And we're like, God, you just that's a metaphor. He's like, actually, no. Well, no. Here's the deal. Like, I mean, I think yes, it but no. <laughs> I think it legitimately is hyperbole. Agreed. But like, he didn't go, "Hey, you got an offensive tattoo covered up with a bandaid." Like, he went with something extreme. And so, if your reaction to that isn't Hey, that's wild and an extreme thing that I might have to do. Then yes, you misunderstood the thing. Like if you, if by calling it hyperbole, hyperbole, you feel like that excuses you from taking some sort of drastic action. Yes, you've completely missed the story. Yeah, yeah, You're yeah. looking for an excuse. Yeah, yeah. And, and to be honest, like we're kind of nailing. It feels like we're beating up on like all these addiction type issues, whatever. But like, if you have a tendency to get up in front of a group of people and start telling lies or making a big deal out of yourself and not not a big deal about. Whatever other people, maybe you can't talk in front of people anymore, right? Like, it applies to all things, all manners of sin. Like, all things that drive a wedge between you and and Yahweh. All the things that take away from you following Christ. And so if they start to direct you in another direction, it doesn't have to involve sex, boobs, or alcohol, right? Or drugs for this to affect you. We're talking about things that lead you. If, if you have a problem being the office gossip, you, sir, are going to have to stop getting excited when people are over by the snack table. You're just going to stay at your desk. And that's what you're going to do. And if you can't do that, you're going to quit. You're going to become a newspaper man or something that keeps you from doing <laughs> that. They don't gossip. Right? Because they're, they're by themselves throwing papers oh, at four oh. in the morning. Oh, you mean a newspaper delivery oh, man. okay, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I was you, thinking of the gossip columnist. You were with Gossip Reporter. You're like, you might as well make some money off this thing. <laughs> do it right. <laughs> Full colon. Full okay. colon. <laughs> <laughs> I've been mocked again. Uh, speaking of guys who can't learn their lesson, ousted Illinois megachurch pastor James McDonald issued a statement of, and, and this is in quotes, repentance. I can't wait to hear this. <laughs> and said he hopes to return to preaching even though he was fired in February over allegations of bullying, intimidation, and using his position for personal benefit. The 59-year-old McDonald, who served for over 30 years as senior pastor at the multi-campus Harvest Bible Chapel before his ousting, issued a Facebook uh, on Facebook, a lengthy post in which he declared my repentance. Okay, see if you can pick it out. I was, am, and will remain very sorry for the careless and hurtful words that were illegally recorded and publicized. Legally? Uh, e- illegally. illegally. So uh, you guys are wrong in the first case. There it was. Yeah. That was, I st- I, after that, I'm like, yep, nope, I, re- I reject this repentance. Because <laughs> uh, his, his primary focus at the front is not that I said it, but that someone illegally recorded me. Right. Uh, I immediately sent written apologies where appropriate, giving grieving what it revealed about the state of my heart at the time, as well as the hurt caused to those who trusted us to be a more consistent example of Christ-likeness. I have no excuse and truly sorry. McDonald's ousting earlier this year followed highly inappropriate recorded comments that McDonald made on a hot mic. 
Uh, the pastor was heard on the audio footage talking about things like planting child pornography on the computer of Christianity Today CEO Harold Smith. Where did he even get child pornography? This is ridiculous. Uh, McDonald also joked that freelance journalist Julie Royce was having an affair with Christianity Today editor-in-chief Mark Galley. He also made a vulgar reference to Ed Stetzer. <laughs> it does not say what it was. <laughs> Must have been harsh. Executive director of the Billy Graham Center at Wheaton College. Oh. Although McDonald said he sent apologies where appropriate, Royce wrote in a blog post that she has not received a written apology from McDonald, even though he was heard mocking her in the broadcasted hot mic clip. I also don't know of anyone else who's received one either, including more than two dozen sources who went on the record with me with horrific stories about McDonald. In a statement uh, of repentance, McDonald confessed to regressing into sinful patterns of fleshly anger and self-pity that wounded coworkers and others. Again, self-pity. Mm -hmm. uh, I had a mild excuse for my behavior. These sin issues had been points of growth and victory as expressed through my preaching and writing. Because I was awesome. But I fell back beginning in late 2016 and have only myself to blame. Uh, McDonald wrote, I wrestled with the stress I felt, the injustice I endured, etc. Yet over time I have come to see only myself and my own relational failing in the mirror. And with grief and sorrow, I ask your forgiveness. As part of this, I have come to see my sin of handling pressure in a way that got things done, but neglected the priority of love and the presiding humility of serving others first, he added. Letters have been sent to those the Holy Spirit has brought to mind. <laughs> oh, man. Owning what is true without reference to what is false. We are looking to the Lord to keep my focus here as long as it takes in hopes of reconciliation with every willing heart. McDonald's post came just days after nine Harvest Bible Chapel elders issued a formal letter of rebuke, formally disqualifying the former senior pastor from ministry. Well, there's a lot of formalities at this church. <laughs> yep. Formal letter, formally disqualification. Right. How do, I mean, here's the, here's the thing. I want to be part of this sit-down meeting where they're like, okay, look, we've ousted him, but how do we formally do it? Well, what do you mean? <laughs> we already got rid of him. Yeah, but we should write a letter or something. But why? Uh, so they, they said that. Uh, the elders terminated McDonald for having a sinful pattern of inappropriate language, anger, and domineering behavior. The church elders felt inclined to issue the letter months after McDonald's firing because of the existence of confusion over the church's previous statements regarding McDonald. What do you mean? The elders assured that the investigation only considered evidence from first-hand witnesses and that everything covered in the letter includes many more witnesses than the biblical requisite of two or three. Hey, man, is a, is a, is a pastoral position is it an at-will employment like most jobs like look they can get rid of you and you can leave anytime you want like yeah i mean, I mean could pathway straight up fire you dan if they wanted to <laughs> dan's like no i've created well, actually, I mean, I've, it's a bit different <laughs> i've made sure there's not any mechanisms to fire me so <laughs> in a typical church setting i mean there are there is a contract with an exit plan yeah in, in a typical yeah yeah um and a length of time, so you're fair to each other, you know, I mean, and whether it's a, a positive, like, hey, I'm going to do something different, or uh, you've been caught in gross, yeah. you, know, you know, immoral behavior, um, the, a plan. I just, but he's I, a national guy, I mean, so. It, I it, mean, I get a, it, but once again, I feel like we're just, we're, we're cowtailing to things that we don't actually care about, right? Like, you're just a body, you're just a church body. You fired the guy for for inappropriate behavior. That's it, right? Who are you issuing the formal letter for and sending it to fifty thousand people? I think it's a warning people? for people like us who who might say, "Hey, we should, we should hire this we guy." We should yeah. hire yeah. James McDonald. You know, He's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or or become one of his followers. He might want to come and try to absorb a church and say, "Hey, we're going to start a whole new movement, and you're going right. to be mine, and you're mine, and you're mine." And uh, that uh, Perry Noble, Mark Driscoll, like same guys, yeah. similar thing. Superstar pastors out there. Maybe so. Rob Bell. I really, I, I just, I. Uh, or sheep? 
I just feel like we like like sometimes we're living completely disingenuously. I guess you know what I'm saying. Like it seems to me that like I could just fi- you're sick, you're fired, you don't work here anymore, and like I I don't have to tell a thousand people or do a press conference or whatever. And for all the reasons that you said, I suppose it makes sense to issue a, a letter to people, but like. It just seems like we do this a lot. Like we ham it all up and we do this big thing. It's like involving everybody in, in your business and it just, it's not their business, right? Well, it's, I, th- I think the problem is that because he's such a broad dude, um, he, you end up hearing one side of the story. Now, here's the thing. As Christians, I feel like oftentimes that is, that is one of the hardest things to be part of is is to allow someone to um, who was telling the wrong side of the story and in order, in an attempt to otherwise find peace for yourself and for the parties involved or whatever, you do not engage in, in that. I, I think there's a time and place for it. Don't hear me wrong. Um, but I think, I think often, I, the, I think the Christian way of handling something is, is, is actually to not engage in a, in a fight like that with certain people in certain ways. Because you're feeding into, the, 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 frankly, the cult of personality will beat you up. Uh, and you, it's not a winnable fight. And you don't care to win in that form anyway. Um, however, I, I think that's probably what they're up against is I, they were a bit wishy-washy, to be honest. If I, if I remember correctly, they had released something and like had not, had not said the firm thing. And that's kind of, I think what we're, what one of the things that we're getting at with all this is like, like dude sends picture of Wang. We say, look, my dude, you yeah. can't, you did that wrong. Right. That's not, that's not permissible. No good. Uh, but you, you do the three fellas. And then like, if that doesn't change anything, you hear reports of another, then it's national news. You're not seven ladies in, you're not 10 years in, like, there's there's biblical mechanisms in this place for the protection of the church in the name of Jesus, and uh, we're not following because we're too afraid of human things. And so, like his, uh, I think is that the elders came back and they're like, well, you know, we're not sure if these people are trustworthy, and uh, we really don't don't want to come on the wrong side of this domineering fellow who might come at them. And so they they didn't have a spine. Here's the thing: one of, uh, one of the biggest um, fears that I have. Um, and Dan, maybe this is an interesting conversation. Just given um, there are very, there can be poisonous eldership, mm-hmm. um, but like they're the backbone of this thing. Yeah. Like where the, the, they don't. I'm going to say this, and then I'm going I'm to uh, where the poisonous elders thing is. Then this is not true. But like where they're because that that power is a bit false. But like where there are the right people serving humbly in a church, they're the ones that keep this from happening. Right, because the first time you see a, a dude like that that runs a church produce behavior like this, you go, "Dude, can't go on like this." And then second time, you're like, "For the protection of these people, you're not preaching for three months. Go get this worked out." And if you don't go get this worked out, you no longer work here. Like that—that that is when, like, when eldership is functioning well, they're keeping an eye on the sheep to make sure that some joker doesn't come in there and jack with it. And like, where they got buddy buddy with this fella or intimidated by him, you're screwed. You're screwed. That's what that like. These people are here to help with that kind of thing, and it's it's people tolerating human behavior that like we get it. They're humans, but like it doesn't mean you got have to be the pastor. It doesn't mean you get to continue to serve in this role. It's too much of a risk. God loves you. We love you, but you ain't pastor here anymore. It's just the nature of the thing. Well, and that is the same thing that we were talking about earlier with the cutting off the arm thing. Is like, sure, you did some human things and they were sinful. But you don't get to keep your job, right? You get to fall under the grace of Jesus Christ. You get to be welcomed in the kingdom of heaven, a uh, value that your repentance is honest and that you are following Jesus. But, like, uh, you lost your ability to be a preacher. Sorry. You know, and, like, we don't need to feel bad about that. I don't even, we don't even put sorry in there. Like, you made choices. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so did the Holy Spirit. And, like, you're sorry. That's it. You're just out now. You know, you can, 
It, it's like that guy. Remember when he got through, done with his mega church? He's like, I'm gonna plant another mega church and whatever. Like he could have preached anywhere. He could have started a home church. He could have been a prison minister. He could have done a million things. And he's like, I gotta reclaim my throne of the giant mega church. Is like, hey, you lost your, you're, you're done. You're That's done. the same dude, Mike. This is the same. guy? Yeah, this is the same guy. Well, holy cow, he's a real, he's a real buglehorn, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, touche, old Mike. I get referred to someone as a buglehorn. Yeah. No, I thought this was some dude in Florida. I think there's a different guy. There's, okay. there's a bunch of guys. Okay. I was going to say, there's I mean, probably more than one. It's the same symptom of the, of the, of the same of the cause, right? Yeah. Like, they like their celebrity pastor status, and it means you're in it for the wrong reason. Like, you take a dude like Chang or Francis Chan, who, who, uh, who ran, a, whatever, a million people church, then he runs 25 house churches, and then he moves to Hong Kong. He, his salary's not going up as he goes to Hong Kong, right? Like, his, his accommodations aren't getting better. His renown is not increasing. It's going down. It's getting less. As it moves on, right? Like the only he's only more popular among people who are like, yeah, look at that, that's great. Yeah, and here's the thing, I, that's all right. That's the reason Paul was popular, <laughs> right? Because he keeps doing outrageous stuff, and you're like, no kidding, Paul, oh, boy, that guy, he's just he's just crazy. Mm. So, I, so I think that's the run. Like sometimes, um, for all the protection, uh, we, people always want to be real careful that we don't overstep the bounds of mercy, right? That you don't lay the hammer down too hard. Uh, okay, that really isn't has has not been our problem. Like you tell me, the problems at the church, like the 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 headline front page stuff, problems in the church over the last twenty years has been because we've been overly merciful. And I don't mean that God don't love you. I mean, are we at least reacting to human behavior and going, no, can't continue in this way in the church? And here's the deal: if our churches, if we have to shut down, you know, four thousand churches in the United States because we can't find appropriate dudes to lead them, okay. Well, I here's the deal. I, I know that people have like risk. It's, it's a common joke among um, uh, small groups, right? Is all the, the all manner of heresy that might be going on in a small group in a given week. But I would I would turn it over to your lay people studying scripture and getting it like seventy percent right, uh, more so than I would put them under the leadership of some boisterous uh, buglehorn of a man. Yeah. Uh, that that is totally manipulating people and God's church. Like God will sort out faithful people who aren't quite getting their theology right. Uh, l- let's clear the ranks if we got to clear the ranks. I'm for it. Yeah, I agree. That's. I think that's all we got for stories. I'm gonna start issuing formal letters. Who do I even send those to? Like, give me a list of people that put that receive formal letters. Let's say I wanted to put one out. Who do I put on the list? Like the paper. The governor? Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a press release. The head the head of the head of the school board for immediate release. Actually, Mike, that would be awesome. You should just start doing press releases once a week yeah. of things that are on your mind for immediate release. I'm I'm thinking <laughs> about the following. Yeah, James McDonald's a buglehorn. That's what I say. They might pick it up. Uh, le- local man sends letter says James <laughs> McDonald's a buglehorn. Hmm. Did, we, did you guys you guys touched on it a little bit last week? Did anybody listen to that Kanye West album? I think uh, I accidentally heard some. Boob accidentally t- took hey it. Hey, man, it's running it's run the gospel charts. Top of the pop charts, too. Top, yeah. 11, yeah. top 11 spots in the... <laughs> He's tearing it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've caught, I've caught a little bit of it. I, I, don't, I didn't love... Even as a, like a, as a guy who doesn't... Uh, like, I like some, some uh, rap music. Uh, he hasn't been my favorite. But, like, I listen to a few, and it's... I mean... Right. Yeah, I've never actually he, heard him. So he I, was I, on the song with Paul McCartney and Rihanna that was four or five minutes from Wyland. And I tried to institute the word Wyland into my vocabulary nonchalantly. 
And the boy, people just picked right up on it like it was a foreign. What do you mean? Four, four to five minutes from what? From Wyland. From Wyland out, going wild. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's the name of the song? I don't know what it is called. It's a catchy tune. But anyway, the phrase was, I'm about four or five minutes from Wyland. And so, like, I tried to use it at work the other day. I'm like, man. I think it's this seconds. Thing, huh? I think it's seconds. Four or five. That means it's a short fuse. I got four or five seconds of Wyland. And I tried to use it at work. Like, hey, man, these conditions oh. got me wild. Hey, hey, people are searching for it. I typed in four dash five seconds, and the third popular answer is four to five seconds from Wilden. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. This is, this is not a conversation I. Here ever we go. We'd Here we go. Happy. I'm gonna re- I, we're gonna read through these lyrics. Here we go. I think four I've had enough. Yeah. How wait? How old is this song? Is this is this this isn't on the album? Uh, two or is it? Three years no, old? no. Yeah, two, no. It's two, three years old. Paul McCartney was on it. Okay. Okay. So they're not Jesus lyrics. Well, I think I've had enough. I might get a little drunk. I say what's on my mind. I might do a little time because all my kindness is taken for weakness. Now I'm four or five seconds from Wilden. Yeah. And we got three more days till Friday. I'm just trying to make it back home by Monday morning. I swear I wish somebody would tell me, ooh, that's all I want. Three to four days from Friday is like Monday or Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm about Wilden. He's already yeah. about four or five Jeez. seconds. Uh, four or five it's seconds day, from This week has sucked already. Yeah, this I'm is just horrible. Four or five seconds from Wilden, and it's literally three or four days till Friday. <laughs> yeah, you know that's bad. You know things have really turned out terrible that day. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I've had it with this week. Monday anyway, that's all the only music I've ever heard. I've, I've, that's the only one I've ever heard from him. And you like that song? Yeah, it's catchy. Huh. Paul McCartney was on there. He was barely on it. Yeah, that's, I liked his part. He's all right. I mean, and Rihanna's <laughs> a pretty good singer, you know? Rihanna's ph- phenomenal. Singer. I was not a fan of Kanye. I, I just, I just in general, like, I just didn't like his. I just think he didn't write very good songs. So I, I'm just, I haven't listened to it. I'm just. I, uh, I, I want to believe in this. I want so badly to believe that Yeezy has uh, has figured himself out. Maybe so. I hope so. I, I, I hope so, too. Yeah. But, like, literally, what? Last year he had a song uh, with a dude named Lil Pump, and it what? was literally, it was, you're such an effing uh, harlot is, is what the song was called. Yeah. And it was, that was literally the the... Majority of the song was him saying that over and over and well, over again. Right, but like, I mean, couldn't you just as reasonably in the first century gone last year, Paul was collecting coats? I, I'm not saying that's why I'm saying I want to believe it. I do. I just I'm I'm weary. You're you're, you're cheering for him. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I just I, I, I mean I don't get personally burned by just believing that someone's came came to know Jesus. I don't, here's the deal. I I don't know what it gains me to. I don't want my hesitancy gains me. I'm not prone to lifting a man up and going, hey, you should follow Jesus because Kanye does. Like, I'm not going to do that. So, like, it caused me literally nothing to be like. That's, that's the only way I know how to share the gospel, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I Kanye just, said? Yeah. yeah. I just wanted to share Kanye's stuff. I share John Christ videos. Do you rem- my famous James McDonald <laughs> do you, sermons. Do you remember? And he came, like I said, uh, he came onto the scene with a song called Jesus Walks. I don't. That wasn't. That wasn't really. A, that was more. Jesus walks with me. Like, was the, right, that yeah, wasn't exactly. like I follow Jesus. Right. What's the lyrics to that tune, Ben? Fired up. Okay. Yeah, Jesus walks. God show me the way because the devil's trying to break me down. Jesus walks. Okay. Here we go. Lyrics for Jesus walks. Order, huh? Yo, we at war. We at war with terrorism, racism, but most of all, we at war with ourselves. God show me the way because the devil's trying to break me down. Jesus walks with me, with me, with me, with me, with me. <laughs> So uh, what, what made this guy famous? I mean, wh- that song pretty much. That song was his beginning. I can't really like, repeat most onto of the this. rap. Uh, the rap. Is he married scene. to someone? Or? He's married to Kim Kardashian. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, but that he was famous before that. He was that's famous I was way like, before. What, that. How did he get his break? I mean, 
This, well, that Jesus song. Walks was that song. Yeah. That yeah, was his I mean, first mainstream song. Was he just song. out on the street doing that? And somebody said, hey, that should be on... Yeah, I'm sure he was doing music way before then. Like, you oh, don't yeah, usually get yeah. picked up by major labels immediately. I wonder what his road was. Yeah. that I, If I... I cannot remember a single Kanye West song before Jesus Walks. The thing I've... The only thing I've heard, like... I, I've, I don't know nothing about yeah. but, but people have said, like, his lyrics are just really not mature. No. No. Not like skilled. this is. This is, well, I can't okay. think of the words I'm trying to say, but they're not impressive. Uh, no, yeah, I think I mean, he's I think he's a decent flow man. He's not a lyricist. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's true. But but you think you'd have to have that to be at that popular? Because yeah. popular, everybody knows. No, nah, the tunes I, are I've good. Name, you know. Yeah, like he's he's been either featured in in songs with great artists or himself having artists featured with him for ten plus years. Yes, you know, I mean, he's been in it for me. a long time. Something going on that I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, I I wouldn't expect that you would know much about the rap world, Dan. Why not? I don't know. It's just a feeling, I guess. I'm all hip. Yeah, um, that's true. I I would be interested if we read fifty rappers that I can think of, like the what you would say about them and who all you would know. But yeah, there's, no, Kanye's been. 50? <laughs> yeah, there's there's hundreds. Wait a minute, did you say his name was Yeezy? So he referred to himself as Yeezus, Yeezy for years. Huh. Kind of like P. Diddy has changed his name from Puff Daddy to P. Diddy to uh, to uh, Sean P. Diddy Combs to all that kind of stuff. Don't like they he... have shoes named Yeezys? Yes, they're his shoes. Oh. It's <laughs> a way to pull it together, Mike. Wow. <laughs> I got to get. Yeah, I mean, so his shoe I just line, don't they're Yeezys. Here's, okay, hold on. Sorry. Uh, I got distracted. So I was, I was going up to look for those lyrics, and I came. Uh, there's a statue of Molech at the Colosseum in Rome. You huh? know that? A statue of the pagan deity Molech, to which children were sacrificed in the ancient world, is now stationed at the entrance to the Colosseum in Rome. Was well, like a new one? Yeah. Ooh. It's uh, a new one. Statue of Molech outside the Colosseum was built as a celebration of Carth- Carthaginian culture and art. A reconstruction of the terrible deity Molech, linked to Phoenician and Carthaginian religions, and featured in the 1914 film Cabria, will be stationed at the entrance to the Colosseum to welcome visitors to the exhibition. That's horrifying. Wait, the, they they worship Moloch in, in Carthage? Yeah. I didn't know that. So, I mean, the Colosseum in Rome? Like yeah. close to the Pope, Rome? Yeah, yeah. So here's what's interesting. The ancient Roman stadium was declared a sacred site in 1749 by Pope Benedict XIV in official church policy. Stations of the cross were later installed depicting images of Jesus Christ on his way to the cross with accompanying prayers. So what, the, what they're saying was, oh, well, they've, they've uh, a statue of child sacrifices on display at a holy site for Christians. But like... Just because the church said, oh, hey, this is a holy site. Yeah, it doesn't mean the Coliseum is actually a holy site. Ah, I just can't. Yeah, they just tell a straight story. Make me angry. Coliseum has nothing to do with anything. Can you imagine someone coming to you as as a statue man and said, look, we need a a 12-foot Molek. You need a what? A 12-foot Molek? Who's Molek? Why? Well, he looks kind of like a Gila monster, kind of with wings, and we chain him to the wall. And we don't want to put him at the Coliseum. He's done for child sacrifice. Uh, oh, yeah, let me get right on that. What do you say to pay? He looks like a Gila monster. He does look like a Gila monster. You should have a look at him. Uh, He's like a half goat, half Gila monster with three eyes. Oh, are you looking at a picture right now? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I thought you just pulled that out of existence like you called the man a flugelhorn horn earlier. No, no, because of my long study of the, of the book of Nehemiah, I know what Molech is. Does, does, does he have, like, the arms extended, like, to hold the baby and everything? Yeah, yeah, yeah they're whoa, out like this. Hold man. on, let me... 
I'll see if I can get one. You guys continue talking. That's horrifying. He's not, it, not a legit Molech. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I guess, why would we even be offended? It'd be like someone showing up with a baseball bat and be like, I worship this bat. I call it God Louisville. And we worship <laughs> it, and we, we sacrifice ducks. To, I'm like, well, I, but, I mean, here's That's a, not a legit I, God. Well, but, but the kings of Israel uh, were to take down the Asherah poles. The pole wasn't the God. Yeah, I was going to say, they were just poles. That's what I'm saying. Well, right, but like obviously, like the instructions were tear down the poles. Yeah, but no one's so worshiping. Yeah, but like no one's worshiping this Molech. And kings is just you know what I'm saying? Like people worship the Old Testament God of Molech. No one's worshiping. Wait this a thing. So would you feel comfortable having a, a painting of Molech in your house? Yeah, I wouldn't want it there. Really? I don't I mean, are you saying really you don't? No, understand? you would be. You would. <laughs> you're not against that. I am against it. That okay, then you're arguing against yourself. Then you just said it doesn't have any power. Yeah, it doesn't. But I just don't like. You just a oh, you just don't, you don't want it there because you don't like the look of it. Yeah, I don't need <laughs> not a because monster you think it's idolatry picture inside my house. It doesn't do anything for me. It's a, it's a non-starter. I put art that I enjoy. Okay, hold on. Let me I've seen uh, it. It's great. I can show you this. <laughs> yeah, put put it. Let, let me see the Gila monster <laughs> with wings. Okay. There he is. Good. That does look like Gila Monster. I feel like people... That looks like a Power Ranger monster. I'd at least make fire come out of his mouth or something. I feel like it's something where you toss M&Ms in. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure people will. Yeah. People are terrible. Once Wait, so... His arms were like straight out because okay. they would lay the baby in it and they would actually roll into his... Oh, that's horrifying. Yeah, yeah, and they would burn him alive. So, the, so this is up now because they're trying to celebrate the... The links between Phoenician and Carthaginian culture. It's like a history. It's a historical exhibit, right? Like it's like. What is? What does that have to do what? with the Colosseum? They should like sell barbecue out of it too. I mean, they burn babies in them, so oh, might as well make it authentic. Uh, you could sell veal in it. Let's see here. Let's oh, that's probably the worst that, thing I said today. That, that just went over even another step. Oh man, that's worse. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, feeling bad for what I said. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Thanks I, for making I, me feel better. You're welcome. <laughs> you should you should realize how terrible of a person I am, Dave. Wait, wait. Uh, did it say the guy that did it? Oh, this is awesome. Hold on. Uh, I'm just trying to figure out what the Carthaginian Phoenician culture Art display of the Molex statue follows another incident in Rome. Oh, oh, that sounds fun. Hold on a second. Did you take a break from um, his Hitler statues he was making? <laughs> no, it didn't say who did it. It's billed as a celebration of Carthaginian culture and art. will run through March 29th to 2020. Uh, but this is kind of interesting. So the art display of the Molex statue follows another incident in Rome where pagan symbols were situated at or near sacred sites and gatherings. Controversy erupted in Vatican City last month over the use of Amazonian carved images, specifically Pachamama statues, during the Amazon Synod, a synodical meeting of Catholic bishops, uh, which some considered overt idolatry. Think taking uh, a statue of uh, the emperor, putting them in the temple. Vatican and Synod officials asserted that the images were representative symbols from the region, not pagan idols. Traditional Catholics hurled the Pacamama statues, symbols of fertility from the Amazon region, into the Tiber River in Rome oh, sweet. after having removed them from a side chapel of Santa Maria in Transpatina, a church situated next to St. Peter's Love Basilica. It. Now, here's the deal. Think of the stuff. Think of the stuff we were just talking about. We're like, hey, there's a problem. We just need to call the problem out. Now, whether you think these fellows are right or overreacting, go throw that I will tell you, the though, river. they said, look, that is an Amazonian... Uh, pagan deity, and it's uh, in near a holy place. We're throwing it out and put it in the river. I'm yeah. for it. I, I you know agree. what? I'm in. <laughs> I agree. Yep. Well, yep. maybe we should go take care of this Molek problem. You guys ever spent time in a Romanian jail? <laughs> Paul has. Why are we going? Let's follow. <laughs> Let's what? go take care of the statue. Why are they putting it as a Romanian jail? I mean, that's what I think he, ma- he meant Roman. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, right. I 
said it right. I got your back. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, Booba, you were looking for advice. What was it? What was it? Was I had to do oh, father advice? That was so long ago, Ben. <laughs> we've we, we've, we've done so much since. Put then. it together. Don't um, go to the Molex statue. You know, I just okay. So so, I'm not a father, and I'm not expecting to be a father anytime soon. So don't don't insinuate anything there. But um, I've had the the opportunity to be around a lot of kids. Like I've got a lot of nephews, and I've got all the nieces and godchildren, and you know, friends, kids, and stuff like that. And I'm just, I'm interested in the way that that Christians deal with their kids. And and I that are you asking terrible. this because you want you're going to be a father soon? I mean, not expecting. I mean, I'm hoping to be a daddy soon. Mm. Like I can't wait to be a father. Okay. Go um, I, I got to figure out the marriage thing first. Mm. But um, so uh, a, a friend of mine has a kid that is just. He he's a sweet kid. He's a sweet boy. I love him to death. But he's got a lot of issues with discipline and he has a lot of issues with like outbursts and temper tantrums and stuff like that. And like he's had it for years and you know, everybody says the terrible twos and then that goes on to threes and then I don't know when that ends, but uh um Terrible twos, terrible threes, terrible person. He's the bad <laughs> child. <laughs> but like I'm interested to hear how Christian fathers deal with kids and help discipline children, uh, either to help prevent this kind of stuff or like what they can do in that instance. Because I honestly don't know what discipline looks like in a Christian household. And I suppose that's my real question is because I, I don't know what it looks like and I don't know how it's done well because I've seen both sides of it. I've seen uh, a very coddling perspective of you know, um, the child is always right and the child is, is young and they should get away with everything and all this kind of stuff all the way to, oh, no, I'm going to spank my children and all that good stuff and, like, very capital punishment kind of deal. And I just, I don't know what's right and I don't know if there's anything to glean from from what the Bible says about how to deal with your kids or if this is just something that we have to deal with culturally or what we can do because I don't understand it. And I guess uh, you guys are all dads. And have dealt with kids and have risen children or, or raised children, excuse me, um, of all ages at this point in time from from babies all the way up to, you know, married children. And so what what does that look like? What is what is what is raising a child in discipline look like in a Christian household? I don't know, Dan, core principles. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess my first first thought is it, it, you can't define it because it's different per child. You have to. It, it, like in my home, Danielle and, and Shannon were completely different individuals that responded to different things. Mm-hmm. You know, so you 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 uh, you bathe the whole thing in prayer, and yeah. you you, I mean, basic core things like we never disciplined out of anger. We had rules set before, so they knew they they knew when they were breaking a rule. It wasn't like all of a sudden, hey, I hadn't thought of that. Bam, you you know, mm-hmm. I bring down the law. Um. As far as like corp- corporate punishment of, of like physical discipline, um, it, my my thought was very extremely rare but memorable, uh-huh. you know. And then it was always go back, give them some time to let let it soak in, and then go back and, and embrace them, love them, and talk about it some more. I mean, and it never overdid it, you know. It was yeah. Very controlled, very. Very, I think maybe twice ever with, with either child because they didn't want it because then you just had to say, hey, this was going to happen, right? You know, and it was like, oh, and they didn't want that to happen again. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Actually, I think you kind of nailed it, Dan. It's like I think one of the most effective things that I've seen with parenting is, um, I mean, kids from when they're born to when they leave your house, really they're fighting for freedom, right? They're oh, yeah, fighting for yeah. choice and, and freedom. And, 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 no and you got to give them some. And you got to give them some. To let them fail. And, and, yeah. and especially when they're younger, it doesn't seem to make any sense, right? But, like, um, you, I've had a lot of good luck, both with my kids and maybe some other kids, too, is 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 basically just laying the choices out and letting them choose, right? Like, um, if you choose to not to not make your lunch the night before, um, you know, I'm not going to run your lunch up school. I'm not going to make it for you. So if you don't have it, you're just going to have to borrow from somebody or whatever, you know. So like, if you forget to put your coat on, um, no one's going to be able to bring you a coat at school. You're just going to be cold today. So you know, put put some thought into it. Yeah. And and like they, it's funny because you think they'd be like, whatever. You're going to leave me without a coat? Actually, you left yourself without a coat. Uh, you're just feeling the consequence of that. And so, like, allowing, even at a younger age, the expl- explanation of, of what's going on here, it, 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 depending on the kid, especially if they already have the tendency to act out, um, they're acti- they just want more freedom, and they don't like the thing that you're imposing on them, right? And so, like, once they start realizing that it was their choice that got them here, um, they still appreciate the feed of the freedom, but they also appreciate the fact that you're laying out what's what exactly is going on here. So you uh, like generally, I will tend to say, um, you know, here's what's here's what we can do. That we can do this and this. Um, let me know what you decide. Either one's fine with me, but you're going to have to deal with the consequences with the either way. So l- let me know what you come up with, and we'll go from there. And and like the 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 corporal punishment thing, it's the same thing. Like, look, if you if there's certain things we don't tolerate here as part of the way this house works, and they end up with this, and so. Um, if it's something that you're not concerned with, or you feel like you you'd like to go through that, then that's an option. But let me let me know what you had, what you decided. It was a clear choice. Yeah, yeah. it's a clear yeah, choice. Like, yeah, and I like, think I'll, I'll take that. And yeah. you won't have to do it very often, right? <laughs> like I, th- I I can count mine was mine was two or less of of the times that I had to do that, and I hated doing it. I'm oh, saying I yeah. wish they would just yeah. straighten it up so I would not have to do yeah. this. And usually it's only for really severe things like lying. That one I don't tolerate. That's pretty much all I won't tolerate is I don't tolerate any type of lying. Um, but other than that, um, look, you made a choice. You got to sit in it. I can't bail you out of it. You know, it's, but, but you expect them to act their age. Correct. Yeah. I mean, you got, you You know, and so, and so you explain it to them at their age level, um, what their choices are going to be. And like after the terrible twos, then they start getting a little bit more talks, but it's, it's never, um, it's never, I know, I know, and you don't. That it doesn't, that doesn't. It's not a war against your child. That's right. It's, it's a, this, because what, I mean, really, what is your job, right? As a parent, your job is to introduce your kids to a world that God created and say, this is how we behave in it, right? Like we follow Jesus with this, and we're going to run into these situations, mm-hmm. and they have these consequences, and you could do this if you want to, or this, and these are the things that happen. And, and I, you're imparting wisdom that was given to you through whatever your life experiences, and you're just trying to help your kid understand how to be in the world when you're not there anymore so they can operate, right? And so, like, you're never doing them... The because I said so thing, right? Like you probably get two as a parent, and I would use them sparingly. Yeah, like where they're gonna sass you, and you're just not in the mood for it. And you're like, that's just what we're doing right now. Do it. But it happens a lot. I, uh, I had a neat conversation with Shanna a few months ago, where she was in a group of college students, uh, so it was a pretty good sized group, and they were talking about their upbringings, and and there was a lot of bitterness toward their parents that people had because they never knew why the yeah. rules and Shanna had she's like she always knew the why it wasn't just don't do hey don't eat cheerios it's like 
I would tell her why. Whatever you know. Yeah, right, that wasn't a right. rule, but you we know, don't whatever care the rule about was. heart health in this thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, from materials. Because <laughs> I figured my goal isn't just to make her a moral person that looked like me, but to know how to act. So we always explain this is why we do what we do, and this is why I'm giving you this rule. So, so then she had that full choice. I'll go ahead and take the discipline or whatever. Yeah, you, you know. But I mean, that rarely happened. But um, information is so critical. You're, you're teaching them how to be future human being Christ followers. That's, that's that was big. That was big to her. I agree. I yeah. think it's I think it's the ability to give them a choice, and even the most rambunctious kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had this. I've had this in in youth groups, right? Where if I have had a kid, he's just a little bit rowdy, you know. And sometimes you got to yank him up and say, "Look, man, um, if if you feel like you got to keep doing this, uh, I'm probably gonna have to have you sit outside, or you can have a seat, and we can get through this thing together. It's your call." Uh, I'll give you a couple minutes. Tell me what you want to do. Either one's fine with me, but um, we do have a thing that we need to get through, so whatever you want to do. And, and inevitably, he always goes, no, 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 I, I want to stay. I said, all right, well, just remember the deal. If you can't keep yourself sitting in a seat, then we'll have to do the outside deal. But let me know what you want to do, and, and we'll move on. And, like, I got, I got no problems with that kid. Two times I've had to make that conversation with him. This rambunctious, crazy man sits down, does what he's supposed to because it was his call. Right? And it's like it's all a kid is fighting for, especially – I mean, just put to part some some other stuff. Maybe a kid has going on, but like they're just fighting for freedom. They just they want to feel like they have some control over their over their life and what they're doing, and feel like they got to make a choice. And nothing frustrates them faster than if you know you won't give them that option. Well, and I think the I think the clear thing there is that um, it sets realistic boundaries because like the truth is is like there are some things a kid has control over, and then some things that they do not. Uh, and if you give them a sense they have con- more control over the world than they do, you're providing them a false sense of reality. My kid does not, uh, by screaming, does not get to con- make the reality that I said was going to be true change. If I say, hey, this is what, it's time to go to bed, and the kid decides to weep and wail and scream in the hallway, like, if I don't make them go to bed, it gives them the sense that their screaming had an impact on the reality that it was time to go to bed, and it does not. Right, and so if you think if you sum up some of this stuff, it, it comes to your job is to impart uh, the the world that they are going to live in, the realities of the world they're going to live in. It includes following Jesus, it includes consequences of things that are going on. It includes the reality that like um, here are your choices. If you think about the choices, um, and you're giving them two things that can occur based upon their decision. Um, not said within that is here's another eighty things that the kid think might happen. If they scream for a while, if you say, hey, if you, if you don't stop screaming, uh, X, X is going to happen, or you can give it up and we can go read a book. And th- if they have in their mind, oh, but if I scream, then I don't have to go to bed as early, like that's a false reality. If you, and there's no reason for you to abide that. Like that's, that's a lot of the false things that goes on. It's like you give a kid a false sense of what they can control, and you're doing them a disservice, just like you are if you take all choice away from them. Correct, and, they, giving, and, and, and letting them actually see that they're – that they're screaming or whatever, it gets to change your emotional state, right? Like, I can remember a distinct conversation with my daughter. I said, look, I realize you're upset, but if you're going to make that kind of racket, you're going to have to go to your room and do it because you're certainly not going to do it out here, <laughs> you know? And so you could be mad if you want to, but you're going to have to do it. You're, really, you're toning right. down what we're doing, and so you have to go in your room and, and do it in your room, you know? Or you can stay out here and stop doing that. You're, those are your options. That's, that's actually one of the most powerful things as a parent is if you can get to a place where, like, your kid's acting like a total doofus, and you're like, look, I see that you're mad, but just so you know, I'm not. Like, you don't, you don't get to tell me. I'm not going to tell you what you get to feel. Because, uh, like, you're going to, like, again, especially when you get to, like, the, the early, 
early teen years or whatever, like they're going to feel ridiculous things. And you're like, boy, you feel, I feel like you're overreacting here. But whatever, there's a reality to how you're feeling. But that doesn't change my reaction to what your reality actually is. And so my job is to help kind of center your reality and remind you that this is actually what the situation is. Here's the consequences. Here's, I really think if I'm giving you wisdom, I think you should take this option. Uh, this is what would be best for you. But, uh, you know, other way, but, but like you don't get to dictate what I feel. And I think that's the, one of the worst parts of the, the, the things where I felt worse as a parent, like the, at my very worst, was times where I felt like I let my kid cause me to lose some sense of control over my life, over how I react. Um, and I've apologized to my children, not because I actually did the wrong thing, but because I knew it. I felt it in my mind. And uh, I, I don't ever really raise my voice. Every once in a while, like, it'll barely inch up. And I'm like, and like, in this, in the grand scheme of things, certainly other kids have been yelled at a lot more. But like, I will apologize to my kids when my voice is raised, not because I raised my voice, but because I lost some control that is my responsibility to keep. And I will not let my kid bully me into being uh, a, not, uh, a person who is not calm, who does not have the right grip on reality, because it's my job to help them understand reality. And if I lose my grip of reality, I can't help them. And that's when it's unacceptable to me. <laughs> so. I don't know, Boob, is that hitting what kind of stuff you're looking for? Yeah, it, it, I, it, I think so. Here's I, a, you know, here's the thing, though. I, uh, this is related, I think, to the initial premise of the question. It's a long haul. Right. Like, if you're the person uh, of which you are presenting your child with a, real, with a sense of reality, it has to be trustworthy. They have to trust that you are actually seeing the reality correctly. Yeah. They have to trust that you are looking out for their best interest in it. That you are guiding them in the way that they that they otherwise should go to the extent that you are not trustworthy, your attempts to to do this are going to go very very poorly. And like for some parents, like you have you didn't do this for like the first six years of your life. And I'll be honest with you, your life is a lot harder than it could have been. Like if you don't if you don't establish that, um, it's harder to get it back. I think you can get it. I think it can happen. But like it just takes time. That stuff's not going to happen overnight. Right. And you have you have to invest in it. Um, but but it's one of those. Um, if your parent is struggling with something like that, just know, like, if someone gives you good advice or, like, of some sort of parenting program that says do this, like, it's not just incidental. You're going to have to stick with it because over a long period of time because ultimately they have to trust you. They have to trust that your recommendation and your view of reality is correct. Yeah, fair enough. Thanks, fellas. All right. Uh, hmm. I'm going to save the 15 things for church, blah, 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 for next week. Uh, Mike, real quick, you got uh, other people want some advice? Yeah. We got a dear life from the path. Okay. Dear life from the path, I have a friend who lived in my home most of the time for about six years. During that period, she rented out rooms in her house. She paid her bills and I paid mine, but I covered her living off me. At the time, it didn't bother me much because I could afford it, although I would have preferred to save that money. I've since sold that house and bought my dream retirement home in another state. <laughs> now, I stay with her and her renters have moved out. It's unpleasant sometimes because when she gets drunk, she accuses me of using her. It's true, I am doing that. Is it okay to use her by staying in her home without really liking her much? I feel like it's my tur- like it's my turn to leech, and I'd like to stick out until I retire in about a year. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> so so, you're, so I'm not following this. You're knowingly no leeching romantic. off of someone now yeah, yeah, because you feel affronted at the fact that they did it to you? They stayed at her place for six years. She rented out rooms in her own house, so she paid her bills and I paid mine. But she paid the living spe- expenses of her friend living at her house, uh-huh. so probably her portion of the electricity, water, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So but now, anyway. yeah, your yeah. friend wronged you and leech job you. You're right. Right. So now but that she, doesn't mean you can knowingly do that now. Well, I mean, why is it? 
it's not really leeching if you're if you're if you're if you're okay with it. Right? Like I mean if you're just providing a room for somebody, it's not leeching, you know? I don't know. I mean, you don't know. So she's so so she's not, mystified. <laughs> she's asking if it's okay though. Yeah. I think it's fine. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's morally good. Like whatever frame of mind you're, you're in shocked. doesn't seem positive, but like it's not an affront to society. If if the woman here's the at the core principle, uh if the woman doesn't mind you being there, then I don't know what it matters. Well, I mean, it only seems to bother her when she's drunk. Yeah, but it sounds like she's being disingenuous about the fact that she doesn't like this gal. What do you mean? No. She said, even though I don't like her, should I stay here? Well, I wonder if she's putting up a front that she likes this gal I mean, so I, she'll let her stay there. Oh, well, okay, if, if the question is, should I lie to this person and imply that I like them just so I can stay here for cheap? That's no, you shouldn't do that. That's what I got. Yeah. But I if mean, she's just saying, hey, this isn't my favorite person in the world, is it, is it still okay if I stay there? Sure. She's being accused. The gal fine. gets I mean, drunk and accuses her of using her. She knows what's happening. Yeah, well, that, but that's what I'm saying. It's like she only, gets tuned, she only gets fired up at her when she's all tuned up. You yeah. just need to turn around and say, whatever, Edna, you're drunk. You got the, you got the drunk. <laughs> yeah, but those thoughts are coming from someone. Calm down. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah I, those drunken thoughts aren't just, well, just but I don't manifesting think you need to, because of I don't know. How many drunks have you met where they come up with some off-the-wall craziness, and you're like, what are you talking about? It may be no- crazy, but that's stuff that they're possibly thinking when they're sober. I, so I, I should be worried my no. friend is going to fire up a dinosaur relay race. <laughs> <laughs> no. How drunk are the people around you getting that I'm they're talking you, about you hang out with reviving prehistoric animals? Hey, man, we should start our own business. <laughs> we should do dodgeball. We should do about dodgeball, dodgeball court. That, and it'd be the best. What that the probably came you, from an underlying subconscious love of dodgeball, That's right. Mike. And the need soul for dodgeball, man. And there's no reason to... I don't think... Here, actually, I, you could probably save a lot of strife in the world if you just like refused to validate anything that comes out of someone's mouth when you know they're tuned up like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't care where it came from. Unless they're willing, unless they have the stones to say it when they're not drunk, uh, I don't know why it has to infect my life as if it's a reality. Right. Yeah. Do you know what you said when you were drunk? No. Well, then I don't know what I'm investing in. <laughs> and it's just like with the children. Like, yeah, I'm gonna let you get me all fired up just because you get oh, you get on man. the sauce and start running your gas. Actually, <laughs> seriously though, like I, I don't know how many times like I've been witness to a parent like way overreact. Uh-huh. Like you, you, you've heard me say this from a marriage perspective. It's true with your kids too. Like someone has to be reasonable. If someone's unreasonable, just go. Oh shoot! Guess it must. Be. I'm the designated reasonable person. I'm the designated driver here. This person's going to get jacked up. I'm going to keep it cool. If your kid's acting like a nut, you have to hold the fort, okay? <laughs> and unfortunately, with your kid relationship, it's always you. Your job is to hold the fort. And so, yeah, you don't have to meet that head on. So long story short, she wa- she wants to stick out living with this gal for one more year. Yeah. And she looks at it as a bargain because the other gal stayed with her for like six years. I, that's not relevant. If the other, the yeah. o- other lady could raise the rent if she wants to. I mean, if you're unhappy, leave. If you, if you can handle it, stay. Yeah. I, I don't think it's just not a big, it doesn't matter. I don't care either way. Yeah. She, she doesn't have to like the woman to stay there. No. No. Because why? Because when I catch an Uber, I don't check and see whether I'm friends with the man. His job is to get me from point A to point B. I believe living with a person all the time is different than your Uber driver. Yeah, agreed. You're what? paying your Uber driver. What do you mean, why? Uh, wait, are, 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 is the implication that you there's You take some- a shower in the Uber? <laughs> I mean, do you put your dresser in there? Do they shower together? <laughs> I mean, Does she you, live in the same room like that? <laughs> I'm saying where you cook your meals, find your solace, do your recharging. No one does that in an Uber. Everyone does it at home. <laughs> but uh, hold a minute. If you run an apartment complex, do you have to like everybody who buys from you? Absolutely. Well, my, or yes, Ben. 
Well, that's ridiculous. No, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> okay, then. I th- this is the same I'm thing. I'm saying if you live no, in, it's it, not. She just, it lives in a room. That means they're sharing a bathroom or a kitchen or a, at least a front There's, entryway. I don't know why it matters, I think though. it has to. I think it's the same situation that she had with her the first time, is that she feels like she's leeching off for a little bit, and it's on her conscience, and that's what she's at. She knows she is. I mean, they've been in this relationship for years. Yeah. Just at the other person's house. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so, so you got a year left. I mean, I guess they'll carry the way. Yeah, yeah. I'm. St- yeah. If you're worked it's, up, move. It's, if it's a big nothing burger, no yeah. one cares about this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Let's see. Stegular says, "Okay, yeah, it's okay with me as long as it's okay with you." <laughs> but don't kid yourself. You're not living there rent free, tolerating an unpleasant drunk is the price you're paying, and only you can determine whether oh, it's worth it. Whatever. Well, how often is she drunk? I don't know. Well, but, uh, oh, Christmas. Uh, well, sure, but like, I mean, here's the deal. This is a it's a very basic thing. Like, is this an environment I want to continue to stay in? Obviously, she thinks it's okay. She's willing to hang it out for another year. Like, it's I agree that's the cost of hanging out. If maybe someone gets drunk or leaves the seat down, but like, what are you gonna do? That's part of the cost of living there. Either it's okay or it's not. Pros and cons, man. Get out a sheet of paper. There you go. All right, last one. Ready? Okay. Yep. You're live from the path. My companion of many years and I retire. This is great. My companion of many years and I retired and live a few hours away from some of his family. Okay. When one of them plans a visit, she always insists on taking us out for a meal. Mm-hmm. She doesn't ask if we would like to eat out, but rather commands it. Then she insists on paying for the meal. Oh, this sounds like a real crooked woman right <laughs> now. That's terrible. I'm taking you out to eat and I'm paying the bill. She oh. wants to love on her family member. Holy How cow. terrible. Well, here it comes. I enjoy cooking and visiting with family during and after meals. I know what our dietary restrictions are. Most restaurant meals do not meet these requirements, which include low sodium, fat and sugar, and no gluten. According to my companion, I'm a good cook, and he enjoys everything I make. I know I should say something, but what? I need a suggestion on how to deal with the situation without hurting anyone's feelings. What? You know you should say something? You know wrong. You're wrong. (laughs) You missed that one You suck as a person. You should not say anything. I'm sorry. You suck. You're being terrible. (laughs) That's, yeah, absolutely not. Yeah, keep it to yourself. I mean, they 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 live a long way. They, how often do they visit? Like yeah, they, yeah, like four times a week. I mean, <laughs> right. like once a four m- times once a, a week. We have, we get t- taken out to dinner for free. <laughs> <laughs> God, these these relatives. It's twenty nineteen. Everybody's got a gluten free option. Right. Yeah. right. You're ridiculous. I mean, low get, sodium. Say no salt. My my, my yep. man companion loves everything I cook. No one said anything about that. Yeah. <laughs> no one said anything about that at all. You suck. I mean, what? Kind of, here's the thing. On, on the opposite hand, what person comes into town and says, "Boy, I can't wait for you to spend a bunch of money and cook me a meal." A gobble, gobble, gobble. Yeah. <laughs> right. When I come to somebody's place, I feel terrible. I'm just like, I. What can I? Can I? T- can I take up some chores while I'm there or something? Yeah. Like, let's go out. It's on me. Right. Oh, you inconsiderate boob. Yeah. <laughs> How dare you want to take me and my companion out to dinner? That food's not and good enough. You you want to pay for it all? Wow. That is tough to take in. This how story. dare you? <laughs> yeah. You suck. I need a suggestion on how to deal with the situation without hurting anyone's feelings. You should just shut your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> and go, you go. Yep. Button it up. That's I know I do. should say something. Sounds like you don't know anything. <laughs> All right. Secular says, this relative may not, may not mean to seem overbearing and may only be trying to be nice. Thank her warmly for wanting to take you to dinner, but tell her no. Explain that because of medical reasons. Both of you must strictly limit the sodium, fat, sugar, and gluten in your diet, which is why the two of you have decided it is, quote, safer to eat at home, where you can control what goes into your food. It, then invite her to join you because you would love to see her and spend time with her while she's in 
Okay. I mean, can't you? You could say, "Hey, uh, you, you, like uh, this." Don't sound like the people that would be offended if you said, "Hey, can we try this restaurant?" Right, because right. because Larry can have can eat there, and does he eat? Uh, like, I mean, do whatever you got to do. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, can I we mean, go somewhere besides the Steak and Shake? Yeah, right. of course. If she comes and she's like, "Hey, let's go to Sam and Tony's," and you're like, "Wow, here's the deal." And my companion started the keto, so I mean, we gotta. Do you know? Can, can we find a place that's pretty keto friendly? Oh man, those are hard to find. Well, I tell you what. Why don't I just whip something up here? Let's go to the store together, grab some. Grab some stuff, and we'll make the food here. Sounds great. You know what you can do with that dietary restriction you just said? Order a burger. Plain. No salt. That's it. Throw it on a salad, and you are 100% within your dietary restrictions. Yeah. No sugars, no fats. You still get a protein. You still get a salad. Enjoy your life. You just want to be angry. I'm on Whole30 and go out to eat when I can. It just, it's fine. just wants to be mad at people. It wants yeah. to be upset. That's all. I know I should say something. Shut All right. You're listening live from the path. Thanks for hanging out with us tonight. We really do appreciate it. Uh, if you got any feedback on the show, give us a call or a text on the complaint line. That's 515-517-0085. It's 515-517-0085. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, in the meantime, be faithful in the means. God will handle the ends. You've been listening to Live from the Path. <laughs>